Hallelujah. Hello, sisters. Welcome once again to the Wailing Women Prayer Meeting, Prayer Gathering. I say thank you and welcome. So today, what we are going to look at, we have been doing a lot of teaching on other subjects. We've just finished a teaching on generational curses, and we also participated in the prayer that will help us and guide us for to permanently destroy our ancestral bloodline because we are now connected with the bloodline of Jesus, which is a pure bloodline. So all those old ancestral curses and things has been washed away. As I explained on the video the Lord showed me, you know, when we're praying that um, prayer, where the bloodline was shattered like glass, just broke. And the demons that, were, that was following that bloodline were so confused. They couldn't see the bloodline anymore. They were looking this way and looking that way. That was why the Holy Spirit was laughing so much in that video. <laughs> oh, praise God. God is good. God is good. So today we are going to look at the three realms of prayer. The three realms of prayer. You know, the, let's have a look at, um, if you can turn your scriptures to... Um, Luke chapter 11, 11 from verse 1 to 13. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one, okay? So I will also, I will leave um, chapter verse five because verse five is um, a different realm of prayer. So the first realm of prayer is from verse one to verse five, verse four. So what Jesus is saying here is we have three realms of prayer. And the first realm is when we approach God as a father. <clears throat> we approach God as a father. And then when we approach God as a father, you know, what we are asking for, we are asking for our daily needs. We ask for our daily needs. But first of all, we acknowledge that God is our father and he is holy. Okay. He is holy. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom will come. Okay, so he is holy and he is in heaven. Heaven is his kingdom. But meanwhile, we, his children, reside on earth where he has given us dominion. So, as a child, we approach our father and then we are asking him, we're acknowledging that he is our father and he is holy and he is in heaven. Therefore, we are also asking that his kingdom, that heaven will reign on earth. Okay. 
That is our desire and our prayer that heaven will reign on earth. That means whatever is happening in heaven, that can also happen on earth. His will will be done on earth, just like the angels obey his will in heaven. Therefore, we also, his children, we are commanded to obey his will on earth. That is how heaven will then manifest on earth, by we obeying the commandments and the laws of our father. So the first realm of prayer is, is where we ask for our daily needs, like food, like clothing and shelter protection, protection, okay? This is the reason Jesus earthly father for bread. Would he give them a snake? Okay. Would he give them a snake? No. If your earthly father could not give you something that will harm you, just imagine what your heavenly father will give you. Just imagine that. But make sure you do not bear unforgiveness. You know, you do not bear unforgiveness. Because what that prayer is saying to us, our father granting our prayer is in relation to us bearing a clean heart. We don't bear grudges against anybody if we want our prayers answered. Because if we bear grudges against anybody, our father will not answer our prayers because he has forgiven us our sins. So why won't you forgive others their own trespasses? Okay, so that's, that is what the Lord is saying there. So forgive us our sins against, you know, against others. That the sin we have committed against others, we will forgive them. That is how you will forgive those who have sinned against you completely from your heart. Then you ask your father for protection because sometimes when we make mistake as a form of discipline, our father will allow us to go into trials to correct us, okay, to correct us. Then strengthen our faith in him. Trials strengthen our faith in him. Trials strengthen our faith in him. When we do go into trials, that is when he's saying, lead us not into temptation, okay? If you remember... In, uh, in the book of uh, Mark, immediately Jesus had his uh, baptism. The spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So in a way, you know, trials, God allows trials. And there is a reason why he allows trials. He allows trials to strengthen our faith in him, to draw us closer to him. But in one of the messages the Lord gave me in this one I've just recently um, uploaded, he said that, you know, he allows trials in order to draw his children closer to him. But sometimes his children lose their faith. You know, he allows trials for to build up his children's faith. But sometimes they blame him for the difficulties they, go in, they, they are going through in life. And because of that, they lose their faith in him. They don't listen to his voice when he's trying to comfort them. Okay. So trials is part of being a born again Christian. Trials is a form of correction. It's a form of correction. And it is important when we are going through trials, no matter 
the type of trials we're going through, it is important that we have a good attitude towards it. Because if you have a bad attitude and you're blaming God for your problems, <laughs> you're blaming God for your problems, you're just digging a hole for yourself. <laughs> you're just digging a hole for yourself. Okay. So the best thing for you to do when you're going through trials, you ask, Lord, what is it that you're trying to discipline in me? What is it that I need to correct? What character in me that you do not like that you want to correct in me? The Holy Spirit will tell you what you need to repent of. Okay. Because what God is, is doing is like, for example, now, let's say a diamond has been dug up from the earth. But that diamond is all coated in mud. It's all coated in mud. You know, when they dig up a diamond, they first of all, they will wash it. And then first of all, they will, you know, knock it, shape it into the brilliant shape they want that diamond to be. So this is the same thing that is happening to us. When we become born again, because all the dirt that is in us, the Lord had to wash us out. He has to shape us the way he wants us to, to be. He wants us to, you know, he wants to instill in us the character, the fruit, you know, of being a born again Christian. But because our soul is so muddied up, he needs to cleanse that. And that is painful. It is painful. It is a painful journey. Okay. So this is the first realm of prayer. So what we get from this first realm is we first of all, we acknowledge that God is our father who lives in heaven. He is holy. So we approach him with respect. We approach him with humility and a heart that is sincerely sorry for breaking his laws and commandments. You then ask for his kingdom to reign in your life. You ask for his kingdom to reign in your life because as a man, as a man of dominion on earth, you, you need to invite God into your life. Okay. So what that means is because God has given us dominion on this earth, we still need to invite him. We have to invite him. That's why he established the principles of altars. So it's through the altar you have established in your home that you will use to invite God. Because once, you know, once you have established your altar, you are the attendant in that altar. You have your sacrifices you need to offer in order for the spirit of God to then come through that altar. Okay. So it's real dedication. Really dedicate your time to that altar, ministering to that altar, ministering to the spirit that's going to come through that altar, the Holy Spirit. This is why you need, a, you know, a personal, devoted um, prayer time, prayer time, because you are inviting your father, the spirit of your father to come and to come in, in your life, really, to guide you, to protect you. So these are the things you need to do. And this requires a dedicated, consistent prayer time at your altar. So these are the things we need to do. So he needs your permission to act on your behalf. 
he needs your permission. So when we say your kingdom come, what you're saying, God, I want you to reign in my life. I am giving you permission to reign in my life. I am giving you permission to take over. You know, it's no longer my will in my life, but it's your will. You are my God. You are my God. I worship you. You I will follow. You I will obey. That's what you're saying. When you say, let your kingdom come, his kingdom is going to come and reign in your life. That's what he means. And when you allow his kingdom to come and reign in your life, you know, you don't, you, you don't, um, what you then do is when he comes, you just leave him aside and continue doing what you're doing, living your life as you like. And the only time you go to him is when you're in need. You remember him. No. You have invited him in your life. Therefore, you need to live according to his own ways, his own principles, his own commandment. You know, so it's no longer you that live, but him that lives in you. That's the thing. When you invite him in your life, he's the all and all now. That's it. You don't, you don't belong to yourself anymore. You now belong to him. Because if you truly want his kingdom to reign in your life, that's what it means. You are giving up, you know, your own personal free will to do what you like and you're placing it in the hands of God to do what he wants to do with your life what he desires that's what that means that's what that means okay so and the reason is said here he needs our permission to act on our behalf he can only come into our life if we have given your life to Jesus Christ Christ, you know, his son who has given you access to the father in heaven due to the work of the cross. Okay. So the reason you're able to say, you call him my father is because of what Jesus has done for you on the cross. Jesus has opened the way for you to reconcile with your father. So this is the reason you are able to call him father. Because if you do not know Jesus, you're not a born again Christian. You cannot call God your father because you don't know him. It's only through Jesus that we can truly know the father. Without Jesus, we cannot know the father. That's the thing. Okay. So number two, because he is a holy God and you cannot approach him with sin in your soul. And because we are not aware of all our sins all the time, we approach him with a humble, a contrite, and a repentant spirit and ask him to forgive us, to forgive us of all our trespasses, okay? As we forgive those who trespass against us. This is why we ask for his forgiveness. And when you're going to ask for his forgiveness, make sure you yourself have forgiven everyone that have offended you, okay? So you can equally get forgiveness from him. You know, the level of forgiveness, you know, the level you forgive, you forgive those who have sinned against you will be the level God, the Father, will forgive you your own trespasses. The level you forgive. This is why the Bible is telling us we need to forgive with all our heart. Because if you do only 5% forgiveness, the Lord will just do 5% forgiveness. If you do a whole forgiveness totally from your heart, you forgave those who have offended you, he will totally wipe away your sin. Totally wipe away your sins. And he will not remember them anymore. That's the good thing about our father. He will not remember yours anymore. Then the third 
the third point on the uh, first realm of prayer is at this realm of prayer is where we ask for our needs to be met, our daily needs, just as I explained before. That is our food, our clothing, our shelter. You know, I read somewhere where somebody was interpreting our daily bread as that we ask God to give us Jesus every day. Remember, in one of the scriptures, Jesus said he is the bread that came from heaven. So if you interpret it that way, that means what we are asking God, we're asking God to give us Jesus every day. We're asking God to give us Jesus every day. I don't know how that one works out, <laughs> but our daily bread, you know, so that's it really. So also number four, also at this realm of prayer is where we ask for our father's divine protection from the evil one. Satan and his demons who attack our souls, tempting us to sin against our father, thereby preventing us from growing closer to him. However, as a form of correction and discipline, God will sometimes allow Satan to tempt us, okay? Just like what he did to Jesus. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. If the Holy Spirit didn't allow it, it would not have happened. It would not have happened. And the reason it happened is to demonstrate to us the areas the areas of temptation that the enemy attacks us. Because you remember, don't forget that Jesus also had a human personality. Okay, he is divine, but he also had a human personality. So the, the temptation will attack his human personality, just like the devil will attack our human personality. And the areas the devil mostly attack, you know, is the lust of the flesh. That was the first place. He attacked the lust of our flesh, the hunger. Our flesh wants to be, you know, satisfied with hunger, with things, with pleasure and all these things. This is where the enemy will attempt us. And also the lust of the eyes. You know, the lust of the eyes. Your eyes will see something and they want it. And the devil will take advantage of that and tempt you. He will bring something for your eyes to lust after and tempt you just like he did to Eve in the garden. Her eyes lusted after the fruit and she went for it. Okay. And the other um, uh, area, the three areas, is also our pride. Our pride. Human beings have a, a natural pride. They want to be acknowledged as superior. You know, they want to be acknowledged as the ones who are in control. Who are in control. We want to lord it over everybody else. We want everybody else worshiping us. That is our pride. That is the pride, you know. So sometimes the Lord will allow Satan to attempt us and trials are meant to correct us, correct our bad behaviors, our bad attitude, our pride, our lack of love for one another. Then tri trials is meant to strengthen our faith and draw us closer to God. This is what trials will do for those who approach it with the right mindset with the right attitude and faith. But for those who have the wrong mindset and attitude, complaining and murmuring as to why they are in this situation, they will remain in that wilderness until they change their attitude and repent to God for their bad behavior, you know, for their bad behavior. So this is the first realm of prayer, the first realm of prayer. 
that is the first realm. We are approaching God as our Father in heaven. And we are asking for our daily bread, things that will help us to live, shelter, clothes, protection. And then after that, we then ask for, you know, not to lead us into temptation, even if he, if he does, to help us to come through that temptation. Okay. So now we're going to read the second, the second realm of prayer. And this is in verse five. So, um, Takena, can you read verse five? That's Luke 11, verse five. Luke 11, verse five. And it says, and he yeah. said unto them, which of you sh shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine in his journey is come to me and I have nothing to say before him. And it's, and he, sh and he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give thee, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needed. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given, given you, seek, and ye shall find knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that accepts receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If he then being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall our Heavenly Father we, Heavenly Father, give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Amen. 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 So this is the second realm of prayer. The second realm is like intercession. You know, it's like intercession. You are asking on behalf of a friend and you are approaching another friend. So what it means, we can approach God as a friend on behalf of somebody else. This is what inter intercession means. You, you're not asking for yourself. You are asking for a friend. Okay. And you, you know, you approach God as a friend. When you, you approach a friend, no matter how, you know, what that friend is doing, that friend will leave that thing he's doing to come and see what it is that you want. Okay, so it's good to develop a personal relationship with God, where God, you know, you don't just see God as a father, you also see him as a friend. And when you, you know, friends share secrets, friends share secrets. Abraham was a friend of God, you know, God shared his, you know, his uh, secrets with Abraham and Moses. Moses was a friend of God. So when you, when you develop that intimate relationship with the Lord, you won't be afraid to go and ask him anything. You won't be afraid. You won't be afraid of him because you know him. Sometimes he will share, you know, a, a majority of prophets who have intimate relationship with the, with the Lord, they know the Lord as a friend. This is why before God would do anything, he would go and tell his friend, the prophet. Okay. This is exactly what happened with um, Abraham when the angels were going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. The Lord said, let me go and tell my friend Abraham. 
And the reason he's telling, he wanted to go and tell his friend Abraham, is so that Abraham can start interceding for Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, this is what it is. The Lord, sometimes the Lord, when something is going to happen, sometimes the Lord will put an impression in your heart to pray for this person. You don't even know the person, but there's a, there's a deep need God wants to solve for that person. And because, you know, God needs the permission of a human being to intervene in people's life. He will tell you to pray, pray, pray. You know, I remember that time when we had, there was a, a tsunami. I don't know what year that was. It was on, I know, I know it was on a Thursday, okay? Immediately I opened my eyes. The Holy Spirit started banging in my, in my heart. Tsunami, pray, tsunami, pray, tsunami, pray. This was what was going on, you know? Tsunami, pray, tsunami, pray. That was what I was banging in my, in my heart. It was later on then I went to where I was going to. In the evening, I heard the news, you know? The Lord knows what is going on. And he will put impressions in people's hearts to pray. When you get that impression, don't ignore it. Pray immediately. Because it's your prayer will be a matter of life and death for somebody. You pray immediately. Okay? So as we continue, the Lord was saying, because this friend was a friend, because of his persistency, he got up and sorted out what that friend needed. Okay, so this is the reason the Lord is saying, when you ask, you will receive. When you seek, you will find. When you knock, the door will be open for you. But the thing is, don't just knock. And then if nothing, if nothing happens, you give up. No, persist, 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 persist until you get the thing you are asking for. That is why the Lord is saying that. Okay, don't give up in praying. Don't give up in asking for what you're asking for. Even it takes years, just continue asking, continue praying. You know, there's a, there's a, a reason when we get to the courts of heaven, you will find out why you have to continue praying. Okay. And then he then said, if we human beings, you know, with such evil intentions in us, if our child comes and asks something for us, to from us, are we going to give them a snake or a, a scorpion, something that will harm them? You know, just imagine us with our sinful nature can give good things to our own children. Just imagine what God, our heavenly father, the holy God will do for his own children when they ask him. Okay. When they ask him. So what Jesus is saying there, if you're praying for something, and you do not get that thing. There is a reason why you are not getting that thing. Okay. So this is why he has given us the Holy Spirit. When we ask for the Holy Spirit, he will give us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there to guide us. He's there to tell us what we do when we need to do it. Okay. Do you understand? Okay. So if we can, that, that is the second realm of prayer, approaching God as a friend to for another friend, that is intercession. That is intercession. You are approaching God on the behalf of somebody else, not on your own, not for your own needs or anything like that, but on behalf of somebody else. So if we can turn to Luke 18, Luke 18, this, you know, we need to connect, we need to connect these three realms of prayer together. Okay. 
first of all, you ask God for something and then you're interceding for somebody. And if that thing you have been praying for and interceding for is not working, now this is the final solution. This is the final solution. So if we turn to Luke chapter 18, that's Luke chapter 18, then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Okay, men always ought to pray and not lose heart. You know, then he gave this parable. There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, least by her continual coming, she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Okay, will he really find faith on the earth? So what Jesus is saying there, you have been asking and you're not getting any result. Meanwhile, you know that your father gives good things. So the next step now is to take it to court. Because what it means, this is a legal matter. Exactly. So this is why, you know, Jesus was saying about persistence. You know, this widow, she persisted. Although, although the judge didn't want to, you know, acknowledge her, didn't want to deal with her issue. But she will not give up. Mm -hmm. She will not give up. She continued. And the judge then said, I better deal with this woman before she wearies me out. Okay. So if this widow that was persisting like this to, uh, you know, she persisted and the judge granted her her petition against her adversary. What about us, our heavenly father, who is a righteous judge? What if we bring our own case to him? Why won't he deal with us speedily? You know, so what the Lord is saying, there is the three realms of prayer. First of all, you pray, approach God as your father. And when you approach God as your father and you've been praying and that thing is not answered, then you approach him as a friend. And when you approach him as a friend, because these things, these things are all connected together. When you approach God as a father, there's no answer. You approach God as a friend, there's no answer. Then you know this is a legal matter. And there is a court in heaven you can take your case to. You can take your case to. And the judge will then deal with that case legally. So it's a, a matter of legality. That's why Jesus said, never give up on your prayers. Never give up praying. When you have prayed and prayed and prayed, you have, you know, you sought the Lord. You have, uh, you know, sought the Lord as much as you can. You have knocked. That is knocking constantly like the widow woman did. She kept on going back. She kept on going back until the judge relented. Okay. So then this is the reason you should know that this thing is a legal matter. So what it means, the devil 
has a legal right somewhere in your life. And this is why he's blocking your prayer, your answers to your prayer. This is why he's blocking it. So never give up. I'm going to share my own uh, uh, experience of what the Holy Spirit did for me. Okay. So it says here, the heavenly courts have their protocols and systems, how it operates. So taking your case to the court of heaven is another dimension of prayer. It's another dimension of prayer, you know, and uh, I'll share my story. He says a few years ago, there was something I was struggling with, you know, was something to do with my health. It, the doctors were delaying in starting treatment for me. I don't know why they were delaying. So I don't know what the delay was about. So one day I was praying. It was, you know, I was just praying and praying. It was, I was, you know, I was just praying about this issue. And then I felt, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, take your case to the judge of the universe. This was what I heard in my spirit. Take your case to the judge of the universe. I did not quite understand, you know, what he meant by that. I've never heard about the, the courts of heaven before, nothing. I've never heard of it. So, but as I meditated on what he was impressing in my spirit, you know, then he started giving me scriptures. He started giving me, you know, scriptures. Scriptures kept coming into my heart. So I started to write those scriptures down. And one of the scriptures he gave me was Isaiah, Isaiah um, chapter 1, verse 18, which says, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Okay. So what this scripture said to me was to bring my case before the heavenly judge for my case to be looked at. That's what that scripture said. So another scripture the Holy Spirit gave me was Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 35 which says, I will plead my case with you face to face. Okay. I will plead my case face to face with you. So as these scriptures were coming into my mind, I began to write out my case against Satan. Okay. So, you know, a lot of people think that it's only Satan that can take them to court. It's only Satan that is accusing them at the courts of heaven. No, you yourself can take Satan to court. You yourself can take Satan to court, especially if you have been praying for something and you have not received an answer to that thing. Then you can take Satan to court. And that's exactly what I did in this case. So I wrote, I wrote out my petition. I saw visions of myself in the courtrooms of heaven with the Lord God seated on his throne as a judge. Okay. So this is some of the things I wrote. I said, Lord, I am bringing a case against Satan for trespassing on your property, which is my body. I want, you know, I, I, you know, I went on to state how his afflictions was preventing me from worshiping the Lord. As I said, in, in, you know, in spirit, I couldn't worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Also, I said, Lord, you are a God of justice. This is what your word tells me in Isaiah 61. You know, Isaiah 61 verse 8, and I read, For I, the Lord, love justice, and I hate robbery for burnt offering. I continued, Lord, I don't know why Satan should continue to inflict me with what my Lord Jesus has taken away from me when he went on the cross at, the, at, at um, 
he went to the cross at Calvary for my sins. Lord, your word specifically says, your word specifically says in Isaiah 53, verse 4, um, from 4 to 5, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. By his stripes we are healed. So I continue to bring evidence of what Jesus has done on the cross for me. Okay, I have repented of my sins. I have repented of ancestral sins. So I was asking the Lord that I don't know why Satan keeps inflicting me with this with this affliction. That what I want to ask Satan is why is he continuously afflicting me with this uh, affliction? Okay. So then I continued in the vision. What I saw in the vision was two angels then went and brought Satan to the court. Satan wasn't in the court when I was presenting my evidence. But after I asked the Lord that I want to ask Satan, what, you know, what reason does he have to continue to afflict me like this? So two angels went and dragged, you know, the both of them holding him like this. They brought him to court forcefully. And then when he was brought to court, the Lord said to him, what, has, what evidence have you got against this child? Why do you continue to afflict her with the afflictions you, are, you and your demons are afflicting in her body? Satan didn't say a word. Though. He didn't say a thing. He didn't say a thing. And then the Lord said to him, from this day on, don't afflict her body again. Don't mm. afflict her, her body again. You are going to restore everything that you have stolen from this family, their health, their wealth, seven times. Okay, seven times. So when after I've, um, I've um, presented my case, and then I said, you know, I rest my case. I've rested my case. That's when they went and brought Satan in to come and defend himself. And when he came in, the Lord asked him that question, and he couldn't open his mouth to say why he was doing what he was doing. So that was when the Lord said to him, don't touch this body again. Okay. And immediately I came out of that vision the phone rang and the hospital called me to come and start my treatment. Hmm. You know, the hospital called me within two seconds of, of coming out of the vision, the hospital called me to come and start my treatment. Okay. And, you know, people will say, why didn't God heal you immediately then? The reason God did not heal me immediately then, because he has already spoken to me about my healing. He has already told me that my healing will come through his word, through his word. You know, there's several methods God can use to heal people. He can heal you instantly or he can take his time, uh, you know, teaching you step by step by step by step how, you know, to, 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 for, to, for you to get your healing. You know, let me read what the Lord said to me about my healing. You know, the word he gave me, about my healing, I, you know, I wrote it down and I made it into a bookmark. So every day this thing is on my face. Okay. So this is what, this is, he gave me this word in the 1st of December, 2011. And that is word from father words. This is what he said. Listen very carefully because you people can benefit from this thing. 
It says, words are the building block for healing. Declare my words to your body. You will get and sustain your healing. People lose their healing because they do not understand the power the words have on their body. Speak my words and you will never be sick again. You know, and then he quoted this scripture to me, uh, Proverbs 4, 20 to 22, which says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to their flesh. Okay, so what God is, has said to me that year is that he himself is going to use his word to heal me. And, and my healing will come through my obedience of declaring his words over my body, over my body. You know, sometimes when God says things to you, we don't fully understand it. Therefore, when you don't fully understand something, therefore you're not fully obedient to it. But over the years, as the Lord has been teaching me and taking me along, he's been teaching me gradually. I now fully understand why he said that. Because there's something he wanted to teach me. And that thing is what I'm going to use to teach other people, you know, to teach other people. And this is, you know, this is why he's been taking so long for my healing to totally manifest. But he knows what he's doing. Okay. So let's read um, Dan Daniel chapter 7. This is where uh, the Holy Spirit then started to teach me about the courts of heaven. He then led me to Daniel chapter 7. Hello, are we still there? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Is the Kenya there or is she gone? She's here. Okay. Yes, I am. All right, dear. <laughs> That's the thing. When you do the thing on the phone, you don't see everybody. Mm. Mm. So let's read um, Daniel chapter 7. I'll read it and I'll start from verse 9. This is the scripture the Holy Spirit then led me to when he started to teach me about the course of heaven. And when he led me to this scripture, then he led me to books, people who he, whom he has given revelations about the course of heaven to, like um, Robert Henderson. He, I started reading his books about the course of heaven. That is how I developed a greater understanding about the courts of heaven, okay? This was after the Holy Spirit have, um, told me to go and do this thing in the courts and also, you know, pointed out Daniel 7 from verse 9 to me. So I'll read it. He says, I watched till thrones were put in place and the ancient of days was seated. Ancient of days is the Lord, you know, father as the judge. His garment was white as snow and the hair on his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, his wheels burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousand ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. The books were opened. So what this is saying, you know, what I, as I understand it is the reason Satan accuses us and stops us from receiving what God has ordained for us as our destiny in the books of destiny. He's preventing us from achieving what God has written in his 
book of life. So taking Satan to court is for God to give the righteous judgment for what has been written in your destiny book to be released for you. So Satan will not prevent what is in your book to be written for you. So the reason Satan was stopping my, my, my healing from coming through because he knew, in short, he's been trying to kill me several times he's tried, you know, is to prevent me from walking in the destiny God has planned for me. That's what he was trying to do. And this is what he does to every Christian. So if you're praying for something and you have not got an answer to it, just make sure, you, you know, be assured that this thing has to do with legality. It has to do with Satan preventing you from walking into your destiny. And this is why you have to take your case to the courts of heaven. You need to take your case to the courts of heaven, present your evidence, go through the scriptures, all the evidence that Jesus has died for you on the cross. You're no longer cursed. You know, he, he nailed all the accusations, all the debts you owe to God on the cross. Therefore, you are clean. You are clean. But you need to be aware. You need to repent of your sins because this is what Satan is using to hold us bound. You need to repent of your sins, every single sin. And even the ones you don't know, ask the Holy Spirit and he will reveal it to you. He will reveal it to you. All you need to do is to ask him to bring to the surface of your mind those hidden sins that you are not aware of. And he will bring it. If you tell, ask him, he will do it for you. Okay. So these are the three realms of prayer. And this is a very good thing to learn, you know. So when people have been praying, 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 and they're asking, why, why isn't God answering my prayers? It's not, God, it's not that God does not want to answer your prayers. God desires to answer your prayers. It's his desire to answer your prayer. Mm? I'm going to share another thing the Lord taught me about prayer. There was a time. I was, I think you've heard this um, story before, but I'll say it again. There was a time I was praying. I was just, you know, spending time with the Lord, praying. I don't know what, I wasn't praying for a particular thing or anything. I was just, you know, worshiping him and just spending time. And then suddenly I saw my spirit in the, in the courts of heaven, you know. They gave me a chair to sit by the side. I think the Lord wanted me to come up there to observe what was going on. In, in the case they had there. So as I was sitting there, I was just watching. And while I was sitting up there, I can as well discern what was happening on earth. I could discern a man praying down on earth. But meanwhile, Satan was in front of the judge saying to the judge, you cannot answer this man's prayer. He started counting out in his hand the sins this man has committed. He says he has done this, he has done this, he has done this, he has done this, and he has not repented, okay? But meanwhile, the man is praying down on earth, and his prayers was, I bind this spirit, I bind this spirit, I bind this spirit, and I bind this spirit. No repentance coming from him. Okay. And then, as this thing was going on, as Satan continued to bring this accusation against this man, I looked at, you know, I looked at the Lord's face. You could see in his face, the desire in his heart to answer this man's prayer. But he couldn't. He couldn't. Because of the accusation Satan was bringing up and the man was not repenting. Okay? Now you see how important it is. Repentance, 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 repentance. It's very important. People don't understand the value of repentance. Repentance and holiness. 
This is what the Lord has said to me. Repentance and holiness. I should teach his children that repentance and holiness, you know, is the root to a godly life. Repentance and holiness. That's what he said. That's what he said. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I know, you know, when, when you grasp, when you grasp hold of this, um, you know, ability to take your case to the courts of heaven. No, no, you, you know, whatever you are praying for, one way or the other, you will get it. As long as it's God's heart, it's God's desire for you to have that thing, you will have it. You just make sure there's nothing, you know, Satan is using to block it for you. You know, you just study the Bible, write out all the evidence that the Lord has given us. The, the Bible is full of evidence, you know, and in, you know, in a court of law, in a court of law, you need evidence. The accuser is there, he's brought his own evidence. You are the defendant. You need to bring your own case to defend yourself. The good thing about, you know, the cause of heaven is that Jesus is our advocate. Advocate is somebody that speaks on behalf of another person. You know, his blood speaks for us. We have, you know, the church up there. We have the witnesses up there. They are all rooting for us. The only person that is against us is Satan. So if you have all these people, you know, rooting for you. That means the judge will give a righteous judgment. He will give a righteous judgment at the end of it. Okay? So operating in the court of heaven is a marvelous way to learn how to pray. You know? So our desire is, you know, to learn how to pray. And it, it's, it's quite easy. All you need is your evidence. Go through your scriptures and pick all the evidence, the things Jesus have done for you. You redo your own repentance, repent. And then if you're, if you're still praying and you're not getting your answer, take your case to the court of heaven. It's not that difficult. It's not. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, my dear. Any questions? Anybody wants to ask any questions? So do you want to share your experience of the court of heaven with us then? Concerning my experience, like it's not you it's not there's nothing different with what you said that you know that I didn't do. It was basically the same thing you know presenting my scriptures mm. presenting scriptures back to god and um, um you know bringing it before the courts of heaven presenting mm. the blood of jesus my redemption and my remission of sins yeah. you know through the blood of jesus my deliverance to the blood of jesus and mm. i also included um anointing that you know breaks the yoke so like i did like a prayer session yes. like anointing oil and i told um like god to come and anoint the oil come and you know say anoint i don't know the word now um, <laughs> like he's come and put his power in the oil so like yes. um you know i have that anointing like if i put it on my body since there's, yeah. there's Somewhere there that says, yeah, there's anointing that breaks that yoke, that breaks that bondage. So, you know, yeah. that was like certain I did after mm. the the court case and the you know the blood of Jesus using it as a show mm. way of you know breaking curses and bondage. So that's not it's not totally it's just it's the same, it's just it's the same thing I did. There was there was mm. nothing different. You nothing did. Different. So you you presented your case. That's good. Yeah. You presented your case. Everlasting King of Glory, we thank you for this night. We thank you for what you have done. We thank you, our Father and our God, 
Daddy, we appreciate you. We reference you, O oh God. We thank you for the, keeping us the, this hour. We thank you for, for your daughter, for, for using her to talk to us. Daddy, we thank you for everything. Our Father and our God, we pray, Holy Spirit divine, help us, O oh God, not to be the hearer alone. Help us to be the hearer and the doer of your word from your daughter in the name of Jesus. We thank Amen. you for all sisters, O oh God. We pray, God, help us, O oh God, in every areas of our life. Father, help us in Jesus' name. Our Amen. Father and our God, we bless your name. We adore you. We, are, we appreciate you. By the time we meet next time, O oh God, Father, let there be testimony from our mouth in the name of Jesus. Amen. My father, my son, your daughter, I live before you, O oh God. You are using her to do things in our life. Father, O oh God, help her. Uphold her, O oh God. Give her more things to tell us in the name of Jesus. We come Amen. against the attack of the enemy, O oh God. Even in the internet, even in her health, O oh God. We ask, O oh God, you take perfect control of her life in the name of Jesus. Thank Amen. you, bless Even as we go to, our, to sleep now, O King of glory, may your shaking glory cover us, O God. May your angel be on guard over our life, O God. May you give us sweet dreams. May you speak to us, O God, and give us understanding of your word in the name of Jesus. Even Amen. as tomorrow will come, the first day of March, Daddy, we thank you for January. Thank you for February. Yeah. We thank you because the month of March we meet us in good health in the name of Jesus. We thank Amen. you because the month of March you'll be in control of everything that concerns us in the name of Jesus. Thank Amen. you. Let your peace reign in our hearts. Let your peace reign everywhere, oh God. Even where they are fighting now, Russia and uh, what's their name? Father, let your peace reign in the name of Jesus. Thank Amen. you, Father. Thank you, King of Glory, for we pray with thanksgiving. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, my sisters. God bless you. May his light continue to shine on you and on your household, your children, your family, your husbands, and those that are around you. May they look at you and they see Jesus in you. Let them see the light of Jesus shining through, through you. And may they approach you, asking, you know, for you to lay hands on them, to pray for them. And Jesus will use you to touch the people around you in the mighty Amen. name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sisters. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.